0: What is up, everybody? All you uh, beautiful recruiters, you roguish search firm owners. This is Dave Seven Patterson. You all know me as DSP. This is the Headhunters Live. And we have uh, Mr. Beautiful right down below me, uh, the fantabulous Chris Wessel looking sharp oh. as always. And then we have the boss, the brains behind the operation. Uh, the and he's got a very charming personality. Neil Levits, what is up, guys? Well, you have a
1: beautiful in the top right corner. You have a beautiful skyline. Oh yeah, and there's Neil too. <laughs> uh, the problem is, is
2: I'm using a light. I should you. I should get a Central Park fake zoom background instead of the real thing because the lighting will be much better. You're not going to know the difference because it doesn't move. But yeah it's uh it it really messes up with my my face with the lighting here but oh well is
1: that what messes up your face (laughs) oh god i'm not gifted like you
2: brother i wasn't born looking (laughs) like friggin adonis and like were you born like that by the way the head of blonde hair and blue eyes like did you have a little draper on your loins
1: i tell i don't know but i tell you what uh my kid's gonna be even like he's you should see him he's a freaking stud yeah, hey, I, I have seen him on Facebook. Yeah, all our, yeah, you guys saw him on Facebook, yeah. Beautiful, I mean, he's beautiful face. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, t- well, guys, uh, today we will be talking about the temp or not the temp. Uh, so all about uh, contract staffing, staff augmentation, temporary staffing, whatever you want to call it. Uh, because for a lot of us, especially going into this economy, you know, we need to start di- diversifying our income streams, and uh, 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 and staff augmentation is a great way to do that. Before we get started, though, um, uh, if you guys do me a favor, we've had some issues in the last couple of weeks with uh, uh, on, uh, 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 not going live maybe in certain groups. So if you guys can hear us, please comment or live so we know that you're there if you watch on the replay comment replay we want to see who's watching these things and also while you're at it give us some likes and some laws and some maybe angry faces whatever if we make you if we piss you off let us know if we make you happy let us know we want your emotion uh but that said before we get into it, i do want to say we're gonna to have to keep a bit of a, a shorter show today uh right before this show started my kids uh school called me I got to go pick her up she has a big headache so we're gonna keep this a little bit on the shorter side uh, so let's dive right into it. Um, so, Sunil, so this really is your area of expertise, right? Um, so for anybody who doesn't know, tell us what your company does because I think that that's, that, that is going to bring some context into into this discussion i've
2: been a perm guy from the beginning right very important perm search guy cpa robert half and then got into the temp side of the business so that's the real story my company now is back office staffing solutions yeah we can whether you use someone like me use on your own i'm not vested in it for this broadcast um but we provide the back office support the employment to enable People to do what it is that we're talking about. If they want to broach on the temp side of the business, not worry about a thing, just make the money on it, David. I mean, that's it in a nutshell. Back office staffing solutions, and that's what it is, right? Employer of record, or we can fund payroll. We process payroll time cards. We do all the automation of it. So all people need to do is get a candidate and a client, but duh, they have that, okay? They just have to think a little differently, to your point, diversification and, and stuff like that, David.
0: Now, so. now, now, now I I will say this. I will say this real quick. Um when it comes to, to temporary staffing, one of the things that um uh when, when I first got into business, and wh- I, I always thought of temporary staffing as as like your office admin. Right. And that's perfectly valid way to do staff augmentation and temporary staffing. But what what a lot of folks don't realize, uh, even when you're doing perm is that uh if you're placing CFOs, you're placing uh developers, if you're placing project managers, a, any of those sort of roles, really you can you can you can uh, staff implementation really in any role. There are, um, you know, CFOs that go do, you know, six-month CFO gigs on an hourly basis, right, and they go through an agency. So, uh, I know for me, to give you some context, for me on the SAP side, uh, I, I recruited SAP for many, many years, you know, for about, you know, 15, 16 years, and uh, and I'd say probably about maybe two-thirds of my business was 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 contract staffing where it'd be project managers, solution architects, developers, et cetera, and these companies are doing these these implementations or short-term projects. um, Although, uh, and, and although a lot of them really turned into long-term projects, my my one of my best uh, fees or I shouldn't say fee—but I had a guy uh, working out was I think it was Boeing for three years, uh, doing eight, almost seventy to eighty hours a week got a fifty-dollar margin on the guy uh, on, on a corp to corp, and I just made buku money for three years. So it's a, just a great source of income if you can make this thing work. that's i on it.
1: Sorry, uh, well, okay. just say speeding off what you're saying about SAP or just like higher end technology consultants or whatever. The nature of the beast there, because I did that for a few years, and and that's kind of how DSP got my radar years ago. Um, the 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 candidates, the talent, they they want it that way in a lot of cases too. Right. So like, for example, with like the high end technology consultants that come in and do an ERP implementation, they're not, you, you would have a very hard time hiring them full time. That's a huge challenge because they know that they're more marketable as a contractor. They want to work on six month to a year implementation, go on to the next. So whenever I would hire perm in that space, it was very challenging because they're like, I get a much better deal as a contractor. So like it, it is, it is advantageous for the, you and the employer. And in a lot of cases it is for the the yeah and, and financially
2: well. to david's point like it just use a hundred thousand dollar person fifty dollars an hour fifty percent markup all right so that leaves like you know you'll leave after it let someone like us thirty percent that's thirty thousand dollars on a 12-month assignment at a low markup for that kind of business so you get a lot more no
0: no no it, no the, the 50 and was the actually the years, that was half margin, years, some of
2: them. actually right yeah right as so a can make dollars yeah, I, I, I just, to Chris's point, IT people sometimes are forced into it, but they get scared and they go away. And they don't look like it. I don't care what your niche is. OK, the point of the story for me today is you need to to do it or not to do it. That, it's not debatable. I'm a search guy. I started a CPA, started the Robert Half. Robert Half was a search guy. He started the search business in 1949. It wasn't until account temps came over when this guy said, like everyone should be saying, the money's in the temp. I love this. I'm never going to get away with it. I'm Robert Half. I'm going to always be Robert Half. But account temps is where we're going to become billionaires. And that's what was told to me early on. Dude, you're gifted. Okay? You're running the program. you got to get into temp. You want to master this industry. You want to be a player. You want to be wealthy. Temp. But perm people don't look at it that way, especially when you work for a company. Temps a stepchild, David. Like you're saying, it's not sexy. You're even trying to make it say, "Hey, it could be sexy." That's even how you started it off, <laughs> because they need it to be. I'll tell you this: it doesn't have to be nearly as sexy for a much better business. It, let's say you want it to be sexy, make it sexy. Keep it your level of business. I'll, I'll turn it back over to you because I want to add some color to this. But you know, my 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 point is: we talked on a lot of shows about leverage. We talked about recession. And, you know, this fits right in. You need to leverage. What other business would you allow your inventory to use 0.01% of your deliver? I mean, that's insanity. And if you are a CEO of your own company and you have, let's say you're a bigger company, and this is what we try to do with this, you have to act like your own CEO. What are you doing to leverage that stuff? and i have lots of ideas throughout the broadcast we don't have a lot of time on it but let's say you want to keep it sexy Dave, and you just want to do sap and you're doing that you need to get into it you need to do what chris said you have to offer this you can't offer oh, i'm a per- let's do cert that's your main thing fine but i offered i offer consulting not only that but you need to do it i'm telling you you'll make more money on it down yeah. the road
0: there's one of uh well let's say real quick. The, 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 you know it, it um. Also, if you're doing permanently perm, at least on the SAP side of things, or at least IT in general, it, actually, this I think this would apply really for most most positions, in most industries. But I know for me, um, um, oftentimes I'd have a perm spot, and then they don't want to make somebody an offer, but they want to do contract to hire, right? And so, e- e- so even for those situations where you do a contract to hire, you need to have the ability, to, or just be set up so you can take that kind of business. That's, that's right. That's the main thing. All so. joking yeah. aside.
2: Could, I want to add this, you know, it, think of it this way. And that's what I to say before. One of my big tips for everyone is don't allow the client to dictate that strategy. It's the only time people, do. my client wants to go temp to burn. So do you have a solution? David, dead on. But you initiate it. what I want you all to do. You can get into the temp business today by looking at every one of your consultants, your contractors, whatever your niche is, that is unemployed, okay? Anytime they're ever unemployed or their job's tenuous and they're looking to get out soon there's an ending anytime which is a lot now and it's going to be increasing as the economy slows down okay you need to pitch them temp to perm on top of your search okay this is what I'm leave you with not leave you with but this is my main thing sell everything as your search and also also Mr. Klein and I want to talk to you about this other angle we're going to do that I propose the contract side i'm still going to do do all the stuff you're not competing with it you're going to give them a different solution if i find someone and when i find someone unemployed or if i get someone good i'd like to go the angle of i want to consider that also well no you're not competing against yourself what you're doing is you're locking in your odds dramatically when you go tempt to perm dramatically
1: and on that point too like like so a you want to have just the option to, right? If, if the 100%. opportunity presents itself. One of the things I had in my firm work for about 10 years, I had an IT staffing firm that did, among other things, temp and temp department. We like a couple million dollars a year in terms of like perm billings, right? So not huge, but significant. And oh, especially over 10 years, um, my, my default agreement encompassed like as an umbrella agreement that encompassed both temp temp to hire like conversion tables and stuff and like perm fee so that that way when an opportunity presented itself like it that wasn't the point at which we had to have that conversation like we we were already in alignment on what the, we had a structure ready to go exactly. like, We had the infrastructure like physically to provide temps which we got to talk about but also like my agreements were basically choose your own adventure. And then we can apply it when that came yeah. We'd have to be like a dip. Some people have, have a work. different agreement. They'll have like a perm agreement, a temp agreement. It's really hard to introduce that later in the process to your, to, to the point of kind of the example you were giving, Neil.
0: Yeah. Well, now yeah, let, let's, let's, so let's talk about, about getting that business. That's one thing I think that we need to think about is um, it's, it's, there's nothing to be set up for that, but but how do you broach the conversation um, with with your either with your current clients or new clients or prospects? So, from, from my perspective, uh, and I, I never I was never really uh, uh, deep into temp. I was right early in my career, and I did I did do day labor at one point, and then I, I started to cost it. But when I got into search, right,
2: labor ready, of, uh, labor. yeah, until until I
0: say until SAP. and and for me. Uh, w- w- when we were cold calling this is back in you know the uh, mid 2000s all the way up through you know like a few years ago, and we, we were cold calling um, at least in the i t space one of the things that there, there's so many what we call body shops right uh, pitching H b candidates for very very low level consultants. What happens is that oftentimes our our, our big objection immediately be you no know, uh we uh, we don't need consultants, right? And and that was like the number one thing because they'd always assume that we're pitching consultants. And for us, it was always easier to get out on the perm side. And then once you get in on the perm side and get an agreement and say, oh, hey, also, by the way, do you have any any upcoming projects? Do you have any any implementations? Do you have any, any initiatives that are coming? Or do you have? And so it was all easier to get in on the perms, at least for me. Any maternity uh, leave,
2: Any any project backlogs? Any anything that causes this gazillion dollar industry that is so much bigger than perm and so much more recession proof than perm, mm-hmm. right?
0: Like duh. And yeah, because sometimes the the if they're not hiring. Direct, direct hire. They, they don't want to pay fees. Oftentimes, those, the, uh, the budget for contractors is a different budget. They're, 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 not, right. they're not using, they're not hiring. It's, it's a different bucket. Yeah. So if, if, if a company has earmarks- It's, it's you know, personnel. They're looking per at it. It's
2: offshore well of, of personnel. It's human resource. It's human capital. They don't look at search fees
1: that way, people. It's an expense that they want to avoid. And it's uh-huh. and it's often through a different source too. Like you might not yeah. to even encounter like HR or anything like that because it's not a hire. It's a it's a, a it's a it's a line item in a hiring manager's budget for their PL. The dreaded line item that they
2: get criticized for spending. Let me add on to my thought, David, not counter to yours, but a different angle. Yours is dead on. And what I'm saying is if you don't want to do it, back to my point, if your people are unemployed, I always want you to approach, listen, I have unemployed people. I'm going to submit them and I want to try to go temp to perm. And you're going to sell the benefits of doing that when you have it on the same search. And what Chris was saying also, and the benefit to you is massive and the benefit to them is massive. And you need to know both the benefit to you doing this. Not waiting for your client to initiate it, but you doing it. The benefit is you're locking out your competition. Your close ratio in this deal goes from whatever your number is, 10%, 12, 15, 18, 20, whatever that is, it's going to go up to 80. 90 if you have the right good good person and not even the right and people hire on temp based upon emotion based upon connection it's yeah. everything a recruiter dreams of it's not easier to levels. close a lot faster oh yeah. it's not they close itself they have lunch. Yeah. it's a puppy dog close. the puppy yeah. is opened up in the box and it's running around their christmas tree and they don't get it back So now that's a benefit to you. And I could go nuts on the math of it. You're securing both angles. Statistically, your numbers and your business will skyrocket. That's one. The other one is what the other person put up. And we'll put that up later. We don't have to talk about valuation now, but that's you. We'll talk about that, okay? And it's it's much more of an annuity. Okay, we'll talk about all the reasons to do temp, the client side, how to sell it, is, oh my gosh, you need to use both angles. It's the best way to avoid a mishire. That's their biggest expense, mishire. You know that. We'll do tons of training on mishires. There's been tons of podcasts on it. They avoid the mishire. You you are going to hire this person. You're going to know. You're going to have lunch with them. You're going to see their work. Someone could tell you anything. Interviews don't matter. you got to get good at that. They don't matter good people interview great good people stink at it sometimes bad people can interview great and they get the job and they're bad. bad people stink sometimes well i would i just want to add to that as far as that that's all i got benefits. that's the main point so go
1: ahead so yeah. to add to the employer benefit piece of it too it opens up their access to all talent basically mm-hmm. because it, if you're strictly looking to hire someone full-time like we all know that the way the economy has evolved i don't want to say gig economy necessarily because it's not entirely like yeah but a lot of people are being a little more choosy about how, how they take on work and the manner in which they take on work a lot more people are comfortable with you know kind of doing contract work or short-term work or project work and maybe yeah. cobbling together That's a couple quite, of gigs into a, a job away, so gonna, if you are as a as a hiring manager are only looking at people looking for a full-time w-2 job you are eliminating part of the talent market 100%. so by
0: yeah so so, so so for me actually uh, at the at, at same point um so you know uh, when i to take, take a job order for, let's say, a hybrid developer, right, which, which is kind of like a niche skill with an SAP, hard to find. Most people are contractors; they want to make make all the money. Guys, because, because that's where the money is, and they're paying I don't know 120, 130 k. And I'd say, uh, well, great. We can see if we can find somebody, but keep. Them- mind most of these developers these hybrid developers are consultants they're making a double almost double that on uh, uh, contracting so would you if we find a great contractor would you would you accept them because for a lot of these folks they have timelines they need to meet for these these projects they need to get a body in there and they'd rather get a full timer but when they can't and they and and, and time is of the essence so contracting uh makes sense so it's good to, to at least offer it and you show more of a um uh of a uh, expertise on the market where you could say, well, here are your odds of finding somebody full-time that we could also do this and give them some options uh to to work with instead of just yeah, taking a search then, and then, by then, by the the way,
2: then. Hey, by the way, what else do you have where I can be a consultant? Or then by the way for other things. Mm-hmm. But even if it's not an no, by the way, which the oh by the way is the best close ever, to segue that David gave. But you know, that's it. Go in. This is what we got. I'm coming to, it. I'm going to do the search and we're going to, no, I don't want to do temperament. Oh no, we're going to, I want you to do it that way. Why not? Don't just say, okay, you don't want to do it. I tried. No, why not? Why would we not want to minimize? I, I'm only going to send someone that I think is going to do it. If we can do it, it's your best avenue. And to your other point, Chris, and then I'll, I'll turn it back over, is the contracting comfort level the 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 economy the the move it, it's been going on they've been telling it for the last 10 years it's just it's it's accelerating massively and post-covid the virtualization how are you not in this how does anyone on this call not using me or someone else how do you not have a back office all signed sealed? no there's no cost to enter for me there's no setup fees how, do you, how are you not selling this and ready to go when your client comes to you which is passive and not saying yes Okay, so I don't want you to be passive anymore. I want you to initiate it all the time and get set up with me or someone else. David, could you flash how they could do it? If you want more info from me and just to learn about how it works, there's two ways you can do it. One, you can go, we can, you can reach out to us at backofficestaffingsolutions.com forward slash contact. Uh, I'll put up the book in a second, David. All right, contact. You can speak with us. We'll explain how it works. We'll get you set up. Um, if you don't want to, you can just go to backofficestaffingstations.com uh, forward slash enroll. You'll see an enrollment tab under the under the page there, too. You can go there. Um, and our Staffing by the Book, David, if you want to pick that up. It'll teach you everything you need to know. For me, for anyone, if you want to factor, if you want to do it on your whatever, everything you need to know about the contracting business, what's workers' comp, how does it fit in, what are these statutory costs? And again, don't be scared by it because, listen, we put it, the book together because we do all that for everyone as one of our products, turnkey, okay?
1: So take advantage of that and, and learn more. Go ahead. Now, yeah. So I think that's a good segue into spending a little bit of the several minutes we have left on how... Do you even get started and what are your options, right? Yeah. Because I think that's an important takeaway for people. And I think to even understand what like Neil's Company offers or, or other options are out there, you kind of have to understand the ways that you can get into this. And some of them have different barriers to entry than others. And for example, and
0: like... It, and also, uh, including this, we'll also include in this as well, also included in there... If, if you have a, co- a company that actually wanted to like what, what do you need to ask? Like what questions do you need to cover in the mm-hmm. conversation? So that way you're not shooting yourself in the foot. So I, I want to make sure I. Yeah. That.
1: Yeah. Well, because I know we're kind of toggling between like the sales side of it and like the back, like the behind the scenes operations side of it. I just real quick for everybody who's listening who might not be familiar and might not know all the terminology. Like one of the approaches I took for years was I used a factoring company. And what a factoring company does is essentially they, factoring companies exist in other types of businesses besides staffing essentially it's someone buying your invoices right Um, now in this case they're also payrolling your people now most of the time they're doing that as your company's employee but they're handling the billing it's all kind of white labeled. they're uh they're handling the billing they're floating the payroll they're paying your people there's usually some kind of time entry system that comes along with it um that is a that is a way you can enter it's going to require credit checks, some, 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 uh, maybe some cash up front and reserve, that kind of thing. Um, something you want to think about that I had to learn kind of the hard way is that when you are going about it this way, the money that you're floating is costing you money every day. So you wow. might calculate like, oh, I have uh, x pay rate and a burden of like x amount based on like payroll taxes, blah blah blah. The cost, the percentage that the factoring company is charging me, etc. So my my margin is a 65 percent markup, and I'm making 50 percent whatever. Which you have to understand that I again learned the hard way is. That works if it happens within like a certain time frame, and that's not how reality plays out. So you have to think about the fact that, like, let's say I have this person billing, and yeah, you can have a seven day net seven, net fifteen on your invoices, but that doesn't mean shit if you're working with some big, huge company that just pays you when they pay you. If they're paying you at forty five days, like this, that it's eating, it's eroding your margins. Yeah. Right? So you now, have what to be do you get watching to that, that carefully? You know? Yeah. So it's it's just. When you do that, it's a viable route, but you really have to watch your aging of your receivables um, because, yeah, okay, they're handling it for me and blah blah blah, and you might just see the money hitting your bank account. But if you're really trying to run a business and you're really trying to look at your profitability and your margins, it's it can be fluid, and you really have to keep an eye on that. Um, the other one, and we can talk about factoring a little more. The other well, one, I want similar. to say oh, just,
2: just stick on factoring. People should know the advantage of factoring. Yes is it's asset-based lending and essence? It's kind of like it. It's the same thing. It's a different approach to it. You're borrowing off your asset, which is your invoice, okay? Yep. And your invoice is much higher than your cost. So the way a factoring company will work is they'll say, look, we like these receivables. They're not going to take anything risky, by the way. And after 90 days, you're out. They're going to get the money back. So oh, they're going to
1: run a DNB on your customer. And all yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. If you're sending you credit.
2: They're going to be all over it, and you're on the hook with it. That said, you get to borrow ninety. You can borrow eighty to ninety-five percent of your invoice. Now, as Chris said, your markup's fifty percent. Your cost to employ with statutory costs is is what you're looking at. I don't know. It could be. 35%, 35%, maybe of the whole thing, 55%, whatever. You have a lot of extra capital to invest on your business or squander away on interest expense, but you have a lot of extra capital if you're going to be strategic because you can use the money your way. You can also get in a lot of trouble about being over leveraged, but it gives you the most flexibility because you're doing your own funding there. Okay, Chris, keep going.
1: Yeah, sure. No, and that's like another great angle to it because, again, this is all stuff that was new to me when I was doing it. And even a couple of years in, it took me to re- really grasp all yeah, of the, no, these. Totally. And my book, not to say the book's great
2: because I covered everything I think people need to know through us or anything on your own, it doesn't matter. It explains how all that works, factoring, all that keep going. Yeah. Keep going.
1: And so the other thing that I was able to kind of graduate to at one point was the self funding. Everyone's like, oh, you got to self fund because then the numbers are better. You're not, but there's, but the thing with self funding is yes, well, while you have, you're not paying. Uh, interest, you know, and you're not paying. You're not paying for floating that cash. You are also paying the price of of tying up cash, um, which I was never didn't really love that. So I would I'd probably rather go with a factoring company or use a company like Niels, where I'm basically just getting sent the margin. Um, because while self funding, I think is in is at bottom line more profitable in terms of like how many like what you're getting like um, like what's coming out of that, but. Personally, I was I felt like I would rather allocate that cash. Yeah, but, and the money's uh, the least of it. The time that you will spend yeah. filing, but, administering, all it, administering it, administering it—that's yeah. the other thing. Uh, too. And that's where
2: the expense is. Also, well, right?
0: there, there's, there's the insurance as well. Because if, 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 they're, on, if they're on your WT, for example, or, a lot of times these companies require a lot of insurance. And if you're not set up for that, you've got to go. If you're in a self fund, you got to go get all that insurance as well. Oh, versus, absolutely.
1: And, and, and sometimes too, when you have a
2: factory company, way just way there to go. Sorry. Yeah, you could save a lot of money. It'd be a great way to go self-funded. Or, or listen, there's options too. Like in a boss, again, this is a plug, of course, but we offer, we you'll be self-funded with us. We call it our capital, I mean, our, or no, we fund it rather. Our capital plan will fund you, you're an employer of record or you we can be employer of record and you fund it. Meaning we'll still do all the processing, the time card, this, the watching it, the management of the aging, all of that. Yes, you can and have a couple of ways. Yeah, exactly. And you But do it your own way. You could skin the cat to your point, Chris, a lot of ways. So you got factoring. You got self funded, but it's not all or nothing. You can do self funded with an employer of record without any option you want. Keep going, Chris. I love all the options.
1: I I think that what ends up happening is like, so you have the initial, like, okay, all right, guys, you convinced me, I'm going to do temp, right? So you get out there and you start doing this, and you're like, okay, this is great, some recurring revenue, whatever. And then the reason why I start getting in the weeds of factoring versus self funding versus EOR, et cetera, is because you will find if you're successful and you get to the point where you have 50, 100 temps, whatever. Now you're starting to think about the finances a lot more and how the time is spent and the administrative overhead and, and all these things because you're able to take a step back. Yeah, but then
2: it. not at one, two, three, four, five temps. Don't, there's,
1: for yeah. like again, for a boss yeah. and employer of record, it's, you can have a temp out tomorrow if you want right. to. There's no paper, it's just easy. Well, and right? that's that's the barrier entry thing, I think. Like, so even with a factory company, we had a credit application. A few of us had to apply. We had to put yeah. some money up, like, because we were, you know, startup. UCCs
2: and your receivable, personal guarantees, personal credit, check all of it, you
1: sign everything away with it you have to yeah so the so the barrier to entry you could go to an eor like boss and like you're you're set up and and you got somebody billing uh, like tomorrow and so i think it's important to illustrate those other options and why a lot of people i think don't go this path because they only know the other options and how i think that underscores the significance of your offering frankly um so i think that was i don't know that's why i want to make sure i
0: touched on that yeah well now uh so you know what they want to talk about it is, is is how to get temp business, right? And so, so, so for example, like, you know, how how do you pitch it? What do you say? And so, I want to talk about it from my perspective because again, I worked in the SAP uh, work for many, many years. That that's that's perspective that I have. So obviously, it's going to be a little bit different in every industry. But I know for me, um, when I look at the pain points from other prospects that I to reach out to, a lot of them are are, are using the extensions of the world and Deloitte of the world, or the, or the the uh, <laughs> uh, the. the, 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 the infosys and, and which, which is just white, temp white staffing with a whatever. window dressing and,
2: on it yes so right.
0: it is it's all it's, it is they're, they're 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 very high high price consultant consultants and what i would usually say and i don't i don't like to, to compete on price but at the end of the day when it comes to contracting it is a little bit different and i would compete on price in the sense that i would i would in essence tell them that because uh uh we uh we're easy we're we're using the, these independent contractors. The independent contractors typically the top-level contractors. They don't want to work for the Accentures because they're going to make more money as independents. And I'd, I'd let them know that you're going to be getting getting top line consultants really for a fraction of the cost because we don't have the overhead of the Accentures and the delivery. Fraction, the fraction, demand. fraction, right? fraction. Yeah, it's a fraction. And so because uh, – uh, and in fact, well, what they would also, often say is, is that they would be uh paying top dollar for basically junior consultants because a lot of times these extensions and of the world they'll send their junior people and they're training on the job while while like massively overbilling them. Um and it's it's a racket and a lot of these these uh uh IT hiring managers or leaders know that they hate that and so being able to offer that as an alternative is a big one. Uh and secondly the thing about this as well is and, and this is another side note this really isn't uh, necessarily how to get temp business, but one of the things great about temp business that I really love being in the SAP space, was that if I wanted to reach, in, reach into a company and do some research on the company before I called, or, or, or maybe before a meeting, I would always go on LinkedIn, look for consultants that had been there on projects in the last year, because on those these consultants, they'll list out every single freaking project, which is why in IT you have these 20-page resumes, and I go find the, the most recent projects, and they list out everything they did, the implementations, the, the technology, etc. I might even call the consultant and just and 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 try uh, try to get information from them so when i'm calling in and i'm really knowledgeable about all their latest projects their their their, their initiatives their pro- et cetera and it sounded like i was really in the know and in reality i just looked up contractors resumes and looked to see what they did in the last say six months of that company and boom i'm like i'm like inside there so so i think for from that perspective that was a really great a great tool that i used uh back in the day
2: yep yeah i mean I think the bottom line is don't be intimidated by how to do it. You need to offer, your you represent talent and your talent marketplace and you're in there. And to Chris's point, you're cutting out a huge amount of your inventory and their network. And your job also is to provide them with talent in your space and in your niche. And it's all about networking. And what people get through a recruiter that I was just to say, no matter what, you want to use an ad, you want to use Indeed, you want to use, you're going to use me still. Why not see the best people network? They might be an employee of yours two years down the road, their cousin, whatever. Get to know the best
1: people in your niche. You have to be selling. no good talent. And Jesus. now, okay, yeah, good. ahead, Chris. Oh, I'm sorry. So here's another angle, too, that doesn't relate to kind of selling or is another value add when you can do temps or when you can provide temp contract, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Basically, there have been scenarios in which, like a lot of times the value of a recruiter is placed on that. You found someone. Right. But we can also right. provide a employment mechanism. So I would have people that were like, listen, I need to put a, I I need a bunch of I got some guys. I girls, whatever. I got some people I want to put on this project. Um, I don't want to put them on my payroll. Can you, can you handle it? Charge me a markup, whatever. So you could do some of that too. And if you're listening, yeah. And, and so there's a new value add that you bring, which is not just that I find people for you and I provide a mechanism for employment, but it just, I can even just do that. So just, you right. have to be open-minded and listen for opportunity.
2: How does everyone not want to be in this game? And whether you believe, like, I, I was convinced, and, and again, it was hard. I was a search guy, right? I, was, I didn't want to be a count I wasn't one of those. They were the lower-level people. I hate to say it. They weren't the good big six, big eight at the time, big four now, CPA coming out. Right? They weren't us and you guys on the call, right, in this group, right? But get that out of your head. Do both, add on. Tap into it, leverage, add on. Everyone, everyone said.
0: Well, we have we have a question here from Zale Harrow. Um Yes. All right. So, hey guys, how did you kick in the first? Or- how did you kick the first door down? So I'm assuming he's, he's saying, uh, uh, how do we get that first tab or, or we, we first get in there? So, th- so the one thing I would do, and again, uh, everybody was a different technique, but for me, whenever I talk to a prospect and they may not be hiring, they may not, whatever, but if I can ask questions about, okay, what sort of projects do you have? Uh, do you, are you guys using Accenture? Are you guys in Deloitte? What sort of initiatives? Are you, any implementations? And if you're asking those questions, and a lot of times, um, if if they say they got a project coming up and sometimes you have to kind of get them at the right time, but oftentimes, um, it's better, at least for me, it was better if I'm talking to a, 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 a line leader. So for example, like maybe a manager or director or whatever, and they had a project going on, he want to take a look at some some contractors. Instead of going through the whole process to get an agreement in place, right? Uh, which can take forever, and sometimes these things close in a matter of, like a couple of days, if that, if that and they go really, really quick. Because, and by the way, on, on a little side note, at least in the IT side, if you have a search for a full-time position, it can take a week or two to get candidates. For a contract, you gotta move now, you gotta be, You you, got to give people same day, if not next day, because because oftentimes uh, as soon as a a contract is announced, you've got the wolves are all jumping on because they because uh, and so and so what I would do is is is. Go find a couple of independent contractors, submit them in, ask them what their budget is and 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 start submitting these folks and and then start working on the contract on the on the back end because the thing about contracts again you know not not again this is the way I did it is that it's it's one thing to have a you send a a candidate over without an agreement and they hire that person full time right that's not something I would ever recommend always have an agreement in place, but on a contract um they are they're they're not going to bring in that contractor. Directly, they need a company to run that contractor through, and I would rather move extremely fast, get somebody that they really, really want that they're sold on, and then use that leverage to to fast track a contract through to legal, versus the other way around. That's the way I, I look at it. You guys may disagree yeah. with that, but that's, no, that's the way no, I. No, that
1: makes sense. I mean, I mean, uh that's the path to the path. I think is quicker and and actually easier for the client in a lot of cases, right? Because like like you were saying, that if they're push into like legal that I want a contract approved. Um, it's not a full-time employee. It's a different bucket. Yeah. In and and in the so easiest
2: way. path,
1: I'm sorry, Chris, finish what up. was to say? Stuff. So, and it's and so so there's, they're drawing from a different bucket. So it's, it's viewed differently. It might completely bypass other normal hiring channels. The other thing is, it's not a hard sell. Think about this. If you're direct hire and you're selling 20, 25, $30,000 fees or even 10 or 15 or whatever, you're talking about talking to someone about, a try as you, you know, try before you buy, incremental cost type of situation. Right. So like if you got people who are agreeing to get, pay you $20,000 for somebody, it's not very difficult for you to have a conversation where you say to someone like, listen, we'll have, you know, your, 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 it's relatively low commitment. We're going to have, they'll have like one quick interview and they'll go like right to work. You don't have to overthink it. Sure. If you're going to hire someone full time and give me a big fee, you're going to want to have a few interviews and you're going to want to really decide, but you know what? Let's get them in the door. Let's get them start working. They're only going to cost you as much as how many days they've worked so far. And we just, we just, oh but like you well. what you're <laughs> implying that we didn't mention you're implying, which is a great point. <laughs> That it's not just
2: temp margin. You'll get your search fee also on the contractor if you want to. That's what you're also saying. It's a, <laughs> yeah, right. You get to try before you buy. You're going to be spending 20 grand, spending on some temp margin. Just It's incremental. You're going to be spending 20 grand. And that, right, to your point, Chris, right? So you can get your margin is margin, whether you get it as a search fee, conversion fee, whether you get it as a discounted thing after and you get 10, 20 grand and 10 margin. Who cares? You just well, made 80 grand on this person over three years. Right. And then you give it And from the, for the, the employer
1: years. perspective, it's there, it's easier for them to pull the trigger because they're on the the, the hook Ooh, for right. this. You know, they're, they're not deciding, do I want to give Chris $20,000 based on like a couple of interviews? And then maybe he either has to find me another person or this person works out or they think to themselves, let's have a quick meeting. I mean, go to work. Yeah. So I don't know. That's maybe a thing of the past, but have a quick meeting with this person. That makes sense. Okay, let's get them started. Right. And, you know, after a couple of weeks, they don't work out. We're talking about a few invoices, a couple of thousand dollars, whatever it is, like there's less at risk for them. So it should be an easier conversation.
0: That's risk. So risk and, and that's it's, why it's faster close, Uh, they yeah. and it's eat and it might often be it's it can be fairly easy to get in there if if you work in getting the contract before the agreement, then it can go really, really fast. Uh, and the great thing is for a lot of con contract work, it bypasses HR. Well, that's what I was saying, Not yeah, for companies, but for a lot of them, they do, and that is amazing because I, you know, again, it's coming out of the PL. Yeah, sorry. I'm agreeing with exactly. you. Exactly. No, 100%. No, yeah, it's <laughs> given the, the, of, of the manager that they're working for, right? And so oftentimes, they're not, you're not even dealing with HR at all. It's really more of a procurement issue. Um, all right. Yeah, well, so my last said, thought, I know we're, we're out of time. I, I want to yeah, just yeah, add on okay. my
2: final thought on that because I think the easiest, to answer the last question, and then Dave will close, is the easiest way is what Chris just said. And for the reason, Chris, that David, I agree with you, it's not the easiest. The easiest way is to take every search order you have from now on and convert it to a temp order also by convincing them that they also need to consider consultant to hire every time. To the point where when I was leading all these groups, one of my KPIs, I would consider that a temp solicitation. You have to bring in a new temp order, that's one. It is one. Now you can say, well, everyone's gonna say that then. No, they can't because you also track their fill ratio and then all of a sudden their fill ratio. That's a temp order. Everyone, okay, and I'm a I'm a broken record. That's the easiest route. And to Chris's point, that's my message. Use boss. Use one of my competitors. Use a factoring company. Get set up
1: today. Thank you.
0: All right, so so Chris, I didn't mean to cut you off before. uh So if you want to wrap up what you were saying, I didn't mean to. Sorry about that. No, yeah, that's
1: okay. And then, and then just on the my final thought in the same line is Neil's basically get set up to be able to do it. Have this as an option, even if you never use it. Um. If have it in your agreement that it includes that basic, I mean you could always have a schedule of work separate from it, but have an umbrella agreement that basically includes your temp terms, your 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 perm yep. terms. And add so it to your website.
2: We, add add we do it. Just add it. Go to your WordPress, go to whatever, go to, whatever, go to your Wix, go to your you, go, yeah. just add it. And, do it. Then just about.
1: and then you're set up and then you can direct the conversation wherever it makes the most sense to go. Yep. Exactly. Love exactly. It.
0: All right, guys. Well, that said, we're going to wrap this up, folks. Like I said, I had, to, I had to leave a little bit early, but I do want to announce we're going to have our very first guest for our Head Headhunters Live show next week, and uh, uh, that would be the one and only David Perry, the author right, good, of good Hiring man. Greatness as well as Executive Recruiting for Dummies. <laughs> so, with that said, guys, books. turn into in our great them. show. If
2: you want to read it in advance for the, for him, he's got they're really good books. Um, yeah, I haven't read them. Full disclosure, I got them, I, I, but I like I, they're good and they, a lot of good feedback on huh? them, so it's a real deal.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, so, so, so you know, David Perry has done about I think in the last thirty years, uh, one thousand six hundred placements all retained all leadership so this guy knows what he's talking about that's one of my favorite interviews he's a good he's a close personal friend Mm -hmm. i can't Um, wait to learn from him yeah he's great yeah yeah. i like him a lot we had him on
1: headhunters a couple years ago i saw that interview that was a really good one
2: yeah yeah
0: yeah it is fantastic all right folks that's it thank you everybody i appreciate the time uh thank you all love you all and uh yeah i'll see you next week everybody thank
2: you everyone peace out